Ricardo. All right, everyone, welcome to a brand new edition of the Swift Kicks podcast. I'm Alex, and with me as always are Ben and Steve. Before we begin, we ask you like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review for us, and share this podcast with anyone who you think may even remotely like the podcast. Kick things off today, let's talk about the big news from the Premier League. Frank Lampard is out as manager of Chelsea, sacked (gasps) after 18 months in charge. Chelsea are ninth in the league right now, having won just once in the past five league games. Uh, the former PSG boss, Thomas Tuchel, he's expected to replace him. Steve, I want to start with you and get your reaction. Will this new manager bring about the change that Chelsea fans, or should we really say Roman Abramovich, are really looking for? So I don't think it's too much of a surprise that Lampard's gone. I think the Romantics would like to have seen Lampard probably have a successful managerial career as he did as a player here at Chelsea. But Chelsea are not one of those clubs that allow managers to have time to build. They need success now. And if it's not now, if you don't put in results, it doesn't matter if you have a plan. It doesn't matter if you have a vision, a concept, a culture you're trying to implement. If you don't have results, Chelsea don't want what you're selling. And Lampard's results just weren't backing them. And they've gotten rid of them. Will the new manager bring up? I mean, hopefully for Chelsea fans. For me, no. I hope they keep doing what they're doing. <laughs> but um, with 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 uh, old Tommy Tuchel, Tuchel, I'm not not too confident on the pronunciation there. Two so chains. Me. <laughs> Tommy two chains. Tommy two chains. Tommy two chains. The new I, manager I of do. Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> I do think this is lined up really nice for him. Uh, he's come off. He's got a, obviously a lot of experience with Dortmund and also recently with PSG. I do think the German background and having the new German signings with, you know, uh, Havertz and, and Timo Werner, I do think that's a, a, a very sensible uh, appointment to have him be in charge. Hopefully that has the, the results uh, that they're looking for. If not, I don't know what will. They have a German manager to take in these German players that have been misfiring. If that can't get them to work, I hope they get the receipts. Yep. So Ben, you know, he's somebody, Tuchel, Two Chains, is uh, known as somebody who clashes with management. Uh, He apparently got into it with the sporting director of PSG, and that was sort of what led to his downfall there. But he also brings with him results. I mean, they made it, PSG made it to the Champions League final, uh, what, last August. So he's definitely somebody that seems to understand how to get the most out of his players. Uh, What are you looking forward to him? I think uh, it's going to be a challenge for anyone that comes in. I think Chelsea have quite a piecemeal together squad. They've bought a lot of talent, but not a lot of chemistry, if that makes sense. So no matter who comes in, I think is going to really struggle to get that team to gel. You had mentioned there's a couple of Germans on the squad. There's also good representation from, you know, various other countries. Like Chelsea's bought players that are good for their positions, but not necessarily for their formula. Um, I think it was a little too soon to let uh, the Spooner go. Um, but, you know, we know that Abramovich is a bit cutthroat and really likes those coaches that get quick results. I think Abramovich should look into leasing coaches instead of purchasing outright. <laughs> That's funny. So he's not into a long-term commitment with how cutthroat he's been. Um, that being said, you know, Frank Clampart came up from Darby County, right? Like that's where he was last. What did you expect was going to happen? It wasn't like they were dominating in, in the FA Cup winning titles. I think they needed some uh, 
some time. I think someone was probably in Abramovich's ear getting him to bring on Frank Lampard anyway. But yeah, we'll see what two chains brings into the mix. And, uh, you know, what, you think he's going to bring any players over with him? No, I don't particularly see him doing that. I think he's just definitely there as somebody to uh, uh, implement some sort of strategy that maybe Frank Lampard didn't have and, you know, kind of go from there. But He's got a tough job ahead of him, I think, uh, as we've seen with Abramovich over the past couple of years. I mean, he sacked like nine or ten managers in probably about as many years. It, it was interesting to see the club statements. Um, I don't know if you guys saw like on online on Twitter, Reddit and things like that. Somebody who put together like a pretty good spreadsheet. Uh, the club statement, uh, Frank Lampard is the only one to have been thanked for his effort, wished well for the future, and welcomed back to Stamford Bridge in his in his future out of any of them. You know, Mourinho is the only one that was uh, thanked for his effort and also welcomed back to Stamford Bridge uh, in recent memory, at least. Uh, but I think, as Steve was saying before we started this, I don't think Mourinho is welcome back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think he slammed the door behind him, right? Yeah, exactly. Tuchel, um, <laughs> I think, is similar in Marino in that he'll get quick turn results and isn't scared to ruffle feathers. But, you know, that might be what they need in the in the short run. But, you know, we, we've been saying it, though. I think I'm going to dub Abramovich the hitman yeah. with how many uh, coaches he's been going through. But really, the real question is uh, Mike Ashley, the nicest person in the world, because I don't understand how. Uh, the spooner Frankie Lampard loses his job, yet Steve Bruce is sitting pretty at Newcastle. Yeah, Steve Bruce, you know, he says he he had like a ridiculous press conference today. Uh, he's not taking any questions from people in the written media, so the the papers, um, because they are covering uh, what the fans are actually talking about. All the fans are just angry. They're upset. They want him out. They are covering that part of the story. So he said, I'm not going to take any questions from you. Uh, and he only uh, took questions from four people from the TV media. Uh, and then he cut like his video feed short. Uh, apparently that's the first time I saw that that's happened in about 20 years time. Um, but, you know, right now we're 16th in the Premier League, 19 points from the last 19 games. Uh, we're five points above relegation. Uh, Fulham is that team that's, you know, sort of holding the line there and they have a game in hand over us. So realistically, you know, I think last episode we were talking like with the Villa game coming up, like, okay, we could win it. And then that put, gives us some more distance again. And right now we're nowhere close to that. The team looked absolutely dejected after that game. Um, there's a video going around online right now too. Uh, Alan St. Maximum, uh, he's supposed to be making his return. Um, he had got hit pretty hard by COVID, it sounds like. Uh, but he's supposed to make his return. And uh, one of the players comes by and they go like, oh, the savior's back. And it's with this just like sarcastic tone. And like, you can just tell that the locker room is gone. The players don't believe in anything that the manager is putting up for them. Um, so how on earth he still has a job? I'm not really sure. Um, good on the fans in Newcastle who are putting cabbages on the front gates of St. James's Park right now, uh, just to make it known that we think uh, Steve Bruce is a cabbage. Um, but yeah, Mike Ashley, uh, you know, he's been somebody that he's been tough to get uh, the fans to crack through in order to fire the manager. And honestly, COVID-19 might be a reason that Steve Bruce keeps his job for a little longer because there's nobody in the stadiums just booing with the flags with everything that would really put the pressure on. But let's it's go through the standards too. Yeah, exactly. And the three managers that have been sacked under Mike Ashley, 
Steve McLaren in his last 10 games, he scored seven points. Chris Hooten had 12 points. Uh, Sam Allardyce had nine. Steve Bruce currently has eight from his last 10 games. So There's still if time. You're going, yeah, if you're going by precedent, I mean, it's really one or two more games and you're hoping that this guy is gone because he has no idea what he's doing. Uh, the club has apparently brought in Graham Jones. Uh, he's from, I think he's from South Shield, which if you don't know, that's, a, that's like a local guy. But he was a coach at a championship side. He was at Bournemouth. So either he's being brought in to be like a caretaker manager once Bruce really is let go, if he ever is, or he's actually going to bring in some sort of fresh perspective and, and maybe some local flavor, you know, some pride back into the team. But I have no idea what Newcastle is doing. Um, and to get off my soapbox here, I'm going to talk to you, Steve, about how, <laughs> you know, yeah, one of the managers that's being floated out as a possible replacement for Bruce is uh, bring back Rafa, Rafa Benitez. Um, he's also been floated to replace uh, Neil Lennon over at Celtic, but a Spanish journalist says that that's not happening. You know, Rafa wants to take a rest, basically. But I know last episode you were talking about how there's a lot of similarly unhappy fans at Celtic. What's the latest there? Yeah, when you were talking about Newcastle just then, I was thinking, hmm, this sounds oh so familiar. <laughs> I was like, Neil Lennon should take some how, notes on the as how, how, how does it sound familiar? In terms of like the, the, in, the in terms of like the 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 feelings in the dressing room, what the fans are thinking in terms of like all the PR, like anytime uh, Neil Lennon comes out with a with a video trying to address the fans, or the the the, the response is similar. Obviously, not standings are similar. The, the but, blatant disregard for vegetables as well is that is that holding true? With yeah, it? we're using heads of lettuce, not cabbages up, yeah. in, uh, up in Glasgow. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But um. It, that's funny about the Rafa. I haven't heard Rafa being rumored with the with the with the job up in Glasgow, but I have heard Eddie Howe, and I think that would be an appointment uh, that would really get the fans back on board. That would be another statement of intent of of really trying to turn things around and, and planning for the future. Rafa, I just, I, I mean, he was in. Well, I mean, he did well at Newcastle. I liked. I liked what he was beginning to do at Newcastle and ultimately what was the reason he left again? Mike Ashley. He wasn't able to get basically the funds that he needed during That's the transfer it. market. So That's it. I say he wasn't fired. I remember it cause something went, something went wrong in the relationship and they parted ways, yep. but um, yeah, he just didn't have the backing of the board essentially. Yep. And with, with Celtic, it's just, a, it's just such a different environment. The Scottish premiership. I just don't know if, uh, I don't know if Rafa could do it. I'm, I mean, he's a top manager, and I don't doubt that. But it's just—I don't know—it's different. I think Eddie Howe, with managing uh, Bournemouth for so long and, and and other teams as well, I think that I think that he'd be a good fit. And he's really the only one I've heard rumored with the job. Well, the only one that I've that stuck to my memory. The other ones, maybe perhaps just I just hope that those are rumors and just disregard them. But in terms of uh, the standing up in the Premiership, uh, we are behind now 23 points. Yeah, 23 points, and uh, it's it's not it's not turning around. So yeah, that that's that. I have not heard of any more. Uh, the 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 board keeps backing Lennon, backing him to the hilt. He's their man. He have full 100 uh, confidence in him, and Neil Lennon is still desperately trying to 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 turn things around. Uh, I think Neil Lennon is a very proud man having been a player and, and, and 
and spent so much time at the club that it means so much to him. He's such a fan of the club that he doesn't, he's too proud to walk away. He wants to, he wants to fix what's happened. So I don't think, I think if, if fans are asking him and expecting him to walk away, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think that guy will stay until he's fired and try and do a job. So that really comes back. Like I said, I think last episode comes back down on the board on who is the replacement. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Ben, to get your take on this, you know, Neil Lennon, uh, I believe in a press conference as well, said of his players, I don't know where they've gone. Now you're not a fan of Celtic like Steve, but if you were a fan of a team, if you're a fan of any team and you hear your manager say that, what does that tell you? I mean, we've all been there at some point, right? We've all had bad coaches. Now that man, you have fallen off the bandwagon, you know, 10 years ago. Um, But for Celtic, I think any fan is going to just start to question. Right. And, And like, I think what, what can you truly do? other than just show change if you're the ownership, right? So if as an owner of a club, you want to show the team supporters that you care when ticket sales next year are going to be an all time like need, you know what I mean? Like you got to sell more tickets, you need to put more people in the stands than you have before to kind of save the the direction you're going in. So really it's Mm -hmm. on you to show the, the loyal fans you care. I do think it's a little early for Neil Lennon um, just because he's, been there for like a year right like how long has he been there again mid 2019 right yeah that's, yeah 29 yeah yeah 2019. So it's right. coming up so on two years now right so he's won titles yeah. he's in second place i think he deserves a chance but like at the same time his weird vacation and then he's lost the players coming home from vacation the storyline tells itself right yeah. yeah you know moving back to to newcastle sorry to beat a dead horse there but i'm really struggling to see them getting rid of Steve Bruce this year. I think Steve Bruce is going to be good for one win, maybe two more wins. And it's going to be against like squads that are mid table. So like they could beat leads coming up. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, maybe we got to hang on and see what happens. And that's all the Newcastle ownership are really looking for, right? Like they're trying to sell the club. They don't want to get someone in, change things around a whole bunch and then have new owners come in and just completely clean house. Yeah. That being said, they, the player that you're or the coach that you're talking about coming in uh, from Bournemouth, what was his name again? Graham Jones. The, yeah. The Graham Jones. Yeah. I think he's being brought in more as an underwriting or an under, you know, like learning the ropes from Steve Bruce, getting mm-hmm. some experience and, and maybe even taking over coming out of the season. I don't think he's going to be a caretaker manager this year. I think Steve Bruce has drawn his line in the sand and said, I'm not going home. This is I'm here to stay. He actually compared himself to Rafa Benitez the other day, which is a, a ballsy move. Just to remind the fans, like, hey, look, it does not get much better than this. I'm Steve Bruce, so I think it is it is challenging to say the least for yeah. Newcastle to get rid of him. Rafa Benitez isn't going to go back to an ownership that treated him poorly and didn't give him the spending allowance that he needed to do what he needed to do. He's a good coach, but I just don't see that happening. Yeah, and I I think you're right in a way. Unfortunately, that the ownership of the team is looking to no longer be the ownership they want new ownership uh so they're going to do everything that they can to sort of just carry on a flat line now the thing is if it's if they suddenly become a true threat to possibly being relegated then you're going to see 
drastic measures being taken. Uh, and my thought is that at that point, it'll be way too late. So we'll see from there. Uh, but let's let's get back, I guess, a little more positive. Somebody that is uh, well known for getting teams out of this position, uh, once a former Newcastle manager in this position, uh, Big Sam Allardyce got uh, some, some high praise from Pep. Uh, he was branded a genius for keeping clubs in the Premier League when uh, everybody's just about giving up hope on them. Uh, he's currently the boss of West Brom right now. Uh, didn't know this about him, that he has never taken over a club and failed to improve on their league position before leaving. Um, currently only six That's points awesome. from safety. Uh, Steve, you, you think he'll do it again? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> he's got a proven record, 100% that he's got. He's, he, he puts out this result. Hundred percent. I I think it's no matter what's stacked against him. I think Big Sam can somehow. That's his thing. That's yeah. that's that's his label. <laughs> yeah. He's he's the cleanup guy. Yeah, Ben. What do you what do you take uh, getting the high praise from Pep? You know what does that mean? I don't think Pep knew who he was. <laughs> it was just asked, and he was just like, "Yeah, Sam Sam Maladice. Yeah, he's great. Newcastle, send him there." I'm sure he'll do wonders. No, I, I think that speaks in volumes, right? It doesn't get much better than better than that. I think uh, Big Sam is uh, – uh, hang on, real quick, not to fact check you, mm-hmm. but at Newcastle, did he give them positive movement before walking away? He did give them positive movement, yeah. It was not great. I'm not saying that he's like when, – when improving in the league, he might have gone from 19th to 18th and still gotten relegated. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> still positive. Yeah. I just remember seeing those points earlier and was like, that doesn't quite make sense. No, in I his contract, it, he never says – I didn't say how far I was going to bring you up. 100% just, increase. Yeah, right. just 100% <laughs> increase. So, he, I mean, he keeps he's, – he's performing, right? Is, uh, draw, you know, he, he had uh, West Brom draw in Man City not too long ago. Uh, it sounds like there's a rematch coming up there not too too long, so we'll have to see if he can maintain that that form. I do think he'll pull him out, though, uh, any day now. Um, any day now. This year now, I think he'll pull him out of the, the current position they're in. I think they are. <laughs> any day now. <laughs> yeah, they're going to come out. I think Fulham and Brighton will stumble further than uh, West Brom will climb, if that makes sense. So I think the, yeah. the yeah. two squads are going to be – they're going to be able to compete. Um, compete out of the bottom three. My question for you guys is, is Fulham really a bottom three contender? And is Sheffield United just thrown in the towel? Sheffield United, I think, uh, should trade places right now. I believe Norwich is still top of the uh, championship. I think that they should just make the switch already. Uh, as mm. for Fulham, God, they're just one of those teams. They're like, they're like the big Sam of teams. Like they just, they know how to be 18th place. And in the last three weeks, go 17th or 16th you know they just know how to figure it out that being said you know who's the team that's really going to fall further is it going to be brighton newcastle burnley you know maybe wolves are a little bit in that mix but uh i don't know i think wolves are safe wolves are yeah. safe i would, I, would I, I think that wolves are playing well uh so burnley newcastle brighton you know are they going to switch spots with fulham uh not too sure about that i think newcastle are going to struggle to stay out of the bottom three but they're just going to survive i think fulham this is a year they're going down. You're going to have Sheffield, yeah. Brighton, and Fulham. Yeah, I um, agree with that. I agree with that, too. I don't think Brighton are, are that great. We're back in um, Big Sam on the podcast. Yeah, we're Big <laughs> Sam podcast. <laughs> Love it. Uh, let's go up to the top of the league. Uh, United 
coming up against Sheffield midweek, Arsenal on the weekend. They got a busy, busy couple of days. Uh, they just beat Liverpool in the FA Cup. Ben, they did not get your trash take right. Uh, they did score three goals, but they also let in two. Uh, Thank but they, you. <laughs> but they beat Liverpool in the FA Cup. Everything seems to sort of be going well for them right now. Uh, they don't have to play Man City. I think it's uh, for like six or seven more weeks. Uh, so are they going to slip up? Or are they going to carry on and they're going to take this all the way to the top? I think uh, we're going to see if uh, while now Sheffield City, Sheffield City, Sheffield United uh, with Chris Wilder are going to be able to play that 3-5-2 past Man United's uh, stone wall of a defense. No, I'm just kidding. United are doing uh, some some big things. They've, they've bulked up. They've got depth. They've got a couple wingers. They've got plenty of midfielders. They're able to uh, change players out. I think uh, Bruno Fernandez is getting a little frustrated with uh, the way he's getting playing time right now. Uh, OGS appears to be getting a little strategic, you know, middle of the year, trying to give him a break, uh, take some some pressure off the legs, if you will. Pogba is in pretty good form um, for Pogba's sake. I, you know where my big concern for Man United is, is it's uh, the keeper. Um, I don't think they have a good number two in net i think um and then you know the defense in front of them at times is a little shaky so i think we will slip up i think you know a top three season still successful in man united's eyes it's just um they're getting my hopes up <laughs> i thought you were gonna say that they didn't have a good number one i was like whoa ben the trash takes her later in the <laughs> cool bro <laughs> steve what do you think what's gonna happen at the top um the gap's getting bigger. Uh, what is it? Six points that separate Liverpool and United? Is that right now? Yep. That's tough to say. You don't really see. Sometimes you can forecast uh, downturns in form or upturns in form. You can see something on the horizon. And with United, you just, you you're not, you don't really see anything on the horizon in terms of negative, I guess. You don't really see bad things going on like you said uh, OGS is starting to manage now he, he knows it's crunch half of the season uh and he's going for I mean kind of going for it all uh and he's uh, planning accordingly uh, it's difficult I don't I don't really see if, if United keep doing what they're doing I mean obviously they would win the league but you have to imagine that they're going to lose points along the way and it's only up to like you said City's been in form for the last last little string here and that's tough. I, I, I'm what I'm really curious to see is because I think they're so unpredictable. Is Leicester? Mm-hmm. It, it's difficult to to gauge whether they'll be you know vying for vying for number one place soon, or are they going to be down in fifth, sixth at like at the end of last season? It's just so difficult to predict them. But Brendan Rodgers really has got a pretty tight ship going on. Jamie Vardy's out for a little bit with the hernia surgery. We'll see. What is that? Two, three, maybe four weeks tops. Yep. Um, we'll see how that uh, lack of lack of goal threat uh, will affect them. But to be fair, he hasn't been scoring though lately. Vardy has right, been. It's right. been Madison. I mean, he's been really right. putting in the goals. Yeah. Right. Wonder what, how much I he's going to go in the summer. <laughs> to your point, Steve, like they are going to slip up along the way looking at United. And I just think it's worth acknowledging. It's really going to be about how they rebound off of a loss, right? Man United are known to kind of get down on themselves when they are losing. When they lose, they usually lose in bunches. So if they can, you know, keep their heads up with a loss and, you know, it could come at a silly moment like against a Sheffield, right? But 
it's going to be about how they rebound. I do think the top six is pretty well shaped up. I think they're not really going to see too much movement. I think Leicester are there to stick around because they found that second goal scorer in Madison. I think that's really uh, promising for United. I think um, Liverpool and Tottenham, you really can't count them out. I know it's, you know, you're seeing them have a a hiccup in their form, but the, the two teams are not too far away. And with teams like United that when they lose, they lose in bunches. They could be back in the conversation. Man City are on an unbeaten streak right now. Yeah. That I think is really yeah. promising. And I think Man City have already overcome something this year. So I think they, they're not going to falter. And if they do, I think we know they can rebound because that's how they got to where they are already. Um, they were having a pretty rough start to the year. Um, if anything, so I, I would think- say Liverpool is a thing that you can see on the horizon where things might not be looking so hot. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been people have been talking about the restructure period, players wanting to go. Uh, when Yaldum's going for sure to Barcelona, well, pretty much for sure, but to Barcelona in the summer, other players are kind of thinking, hmm, is this my time to go? Or are they looking at letting me go as well? I think what well, you just said that City have just have gotten over kind of their tough spot of the season and are now past it. I think Liverpool are now hitting their tough spot in the season. Yeah. And we'll see how long that lasts, but it, it's looking. It doesn't look like it's going to turn around fast for them. No. no, no. I mean, you got Jurgen Klopp saying, you know, don't worry about us. Like we're, we're figuring this out. And yeah. that seems like there's a lot of backroom talks going on right yeah. now. And even Klopp's getting shorter with the out. press. Yes, exactly. Like, like, like you can tell, like he's, he's a little bit bothered. It's not, it's like top to bottom with Liverpool. Yep, exactly. You know uh, what though? I, you saw it coming with him though, right? Like Klopp, Klopp has been in the press saying like, oh, don't get ahead of yourselves this year. And he's been very reluctant to say how strong his side is. And it's, I think, because he sees the writing on the wall and truly understands the game, um, you know, Mm. that well. I Mm. think one thing that's going to be interesting to come out the upcoming weeks, you got uh, Arsenal Southampton. And I think if Arsenal can beat Southampton, that's going to be a a good test for Mikel Arteta to show – if he is able to resurrect that team to the top half of the t- table and keep them going. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know that in the Arsenal dressing room for the rest of the season, they're going to have two orange slices per person. They can afford it now that I've gotten Ozil off the wage bill. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's officially off his, off on his way to uh, Fernabache. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, after, after saying he would, uh, saying he would love to, uh, actually getting on a plane and going there. Yeah, uh, pictures, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's finally there. <laughs> D- declaring what number he wanted on Twitter <laughs> yeah, at, exactly. at the new club. Like every every possible thing that you could do besides saying, I'm a Fenerbahce player, Yeah, he posted. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I think for me, looking at the top of the table, I think Man City are your, your, your most dominant team. Um, you have... Pep Guardiola, he's saying, um, basically telling his team, I want you guys to match everything that we did uh, when they last won it, 2018-19. Uh, um, and I think they went unbeaten for like 14 or 15 games. So they're going to have to do something very similar because I personally believe that Man United are not going to slip up uh, in the near near future. Um, so it's probably going to come down to when they do play each other a little later on in the season. But we are in the, that second half now, so... Uh, you were talking about Bruno Fernandez, Ben. I know that he was uh, he was saying basically, you know, I'm I'm up and ready. I'm ready to go. I want to play more. I want to be involved in everything. Uh, and I think you are seeing Ali Gunnar Solskjaer saying, "Listen, man, I really need you." Uh, 
yeah. take three games off or like sit right. the bench for, you know, half of them, whatever. And then let's get you right back into everything. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, ben, there's something I want to ask you about because uh, we have to talk about granddaddy's lock on. So on Instagram, you put out this uh, picture of him with a shaved head in the caption all in above it. Do you believe he's actually bald or is he faking it? You think it's a filter? Yeah. That's what you're saying? Yeah. No, granddaddy's left hand's not truly bald yet. <laughs> to be fair, if he wanted to be, he would be. Right? Like, that, that's how he rolls. That dude's been rocking All the in. same exact haircut for like, <laughs> a, like a decade. Yeah. Straight Since he up. was 12. He it's brought like him out the man definitely bun. definitely a haircut his mother gave him. And he just stuck to it. <laughs> Have you ever seen Zlatan Ball? No, there used it. to be a old, like in 2005, 2006, there was a Jogo Benito uh, video uh, with him and Cristiano Ronaldo. And in that advert, he had a shaved head. Uh, he still looks uh, still looks like he'll score a bunch of goals on you. <laughs> <laughs> Zlatan does what Zlatan does, right? So let's go over to uh, Spain now where Barcelona apparently on the verge of bankruptcy. And by apparently, I mean, yeah, there definitely are. Uh, $1.5 billion <laughs> in debt. Uh, they still owe money to 19 clubs, $34 million uh, owed to Liverpool for the purchase of Coutinho. So uh, Steve, I know you were talking about how, especially in the Scottish Premier League, you know, some of these maybe smaller leagues and things like that, they're having a little bit of trouble with COVID right now. No fans in the stadiums, as with everybody. Um, you got rumors of Messi going over to PSG, starting to really, you know, get some fire behind them. Maybe we wouldn't have put too much stock in them. Maybe you still don't, but he's got a half million pound weekly wage. I mean, has the game gone too far where these sort of wages, I mean, even for some of your, not like second squad players, but some of the players that, you know, like you wouldn't expect to be your all-stars or whatever, you know, I mean, they're pulling in ridiculous rages now. Is this going to make a lot of teams like this struggle? I mean, this is Barcelona. This is not, yeah, for, you know, some, some sure. small team. For I, I don't think this is, I don't think it's gone too far. I think, I mean, with time, wages are only going to continue to increase. I mean, as, as, as inflation continues to increase, I think wages will continue to increase. People will keep asking for higher boot contracts, uh, transfer deals, the numbers keep going up, but I do think that they have realized that this model is not sustainable when something such as COVID hits. Um, I think that's a bit of a reality check. And I think now players are being sold for less amounts, contracts for the, for the, maybe the next few years uh, while teams recover, maybe the contracts uh, and salary bills will be, will be smaller to, to recover from this time period. But I think gradually the numbers will resume back to what we saw when we saw Neymar being signed for, what was it? 222 million, something like that. Yeah, something crazy like uh, that. I, I think numbers will return back to, I think it's inevitable. I think it will return. I don't think this is stark enough of a reality check where these numbers and the sums that people are going for now and the wages that they're earning now are gonna stay at these decreased rates because oh, we don't want another COVID to happen. That'd be a sensible thing. You would think so. But um, I, I think I think it'll go back to the way it was, which you can say it's unfortunately or fortunately depends on what on what side of the fence you are on that one. But I just think that that's going to happen. And where are you on that one? I, I have struggled to wrap my head around it. 1.5 billion 
like dollars is just such a stupid <laughs> not number. Real. Like Nigeria, they're like re Nigeria's requesting a uh, a loan from the World Bank for that amount. Was it Australia just loaned it to another country? Like this is astronomical money that countries need to bail themselves out. But one of the biggest football clubs in the world is in that much debt. It's not even yeah. real at that point in time, right? Like, I, it, I wonder how they got there. You know what I mean? Like, is it just buying and selling players? And if so, the, the issue there is, you know, you're not developing your own talent and selling them and making money back, right? Like a lot of clubs get the sell-on clauses that kind of help them kind of uh, stay, stay profitable when players move on. That's one of the big selling points for academy players out of some of the bigger academies. Um into Europe, they can get like a 5% percentage back if they sell them within 10 years or something like that. But that's such a ridiculous <laughs> number. Like, it makes you think though, right? Like without looking at other clubs books, is that what they're all like? Or is that well, just- So I was really just gonna hard? say, uh, this might not be as ridiculous, I guess. In 2014-15, Chelsea had a debt of $1.6 billion. Uh, and they seem to have recovered pretty well. So, but I think the, <laughs> the billion dollar scope of things is a little out right. of character. I mean, Man United, uh, I'm just looking at Premier League teams and their largest debts and everything. Man United had a $373 million debt in the same 14-15 year. 14-15 uh, seemed to be a pretty bad year for people. Sunderland had $204 million. Liverpool, $139 million. Newcastle, $119 million. Love I, to know what I that wonder is now. for like the people that are like smaller profile, like obviously like Liverpool still is owed $34 million. That's a large sum for the sale of Coutinho. But yeah. I wonder if the clubs uh, or other institutions that are owed smaller amounts, surely they must be expecting, they're probably not going to receive that money back. Yeah. I, I, I've... It's just funny to me. They just need to give Barcelona a call. Be like, you've got till Friday. We, we right. got to get this sorted. Like, we need to figure this out. Right. But I, I just, They're how can you be held accountable for that amount? Like, it's difficult. I, I feel like it's got to be impossible to be held accountable for that amount. 1.5. Sure, obviously, there's big sums that are owed to people, but there's got to be some people that aren't getting it back. I don't know. I, I, I am. I don't. I don't know much about club finances or finances of businesses in general, but. That just seems unreal. Like if they go into administration or, or somehow do some sort of bailout, someone's losing money. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, like Tottenham is is sort of in the same place. I mean, they've had massive loans because they had to take out a loan to basically rebuild their stadium. I mean, it was much needed, uh, mm -hmm. but you know, they they built that their stadium into yeah into a world class facility. Uh, but yeah, it took what six to seven eight months more, and that was like pre-coronavirus so you know can you imagine like it happened right now yeah. um so it's a nice looking stadium which also duels as a nfl stadium real madrid are going through that right now. well not necessarily going through that money uh crunch well a bit of a money crunch but they are uh they are rebuilding they're using this time where the fans are not in the stadiums and haven't been in the stadiums for a while to be rebuilding their stadium they have had all of their home matches at their uh training ground which i think is interesting and what's also interesting is, you know, okay, all these clubs may be in uh, apparent financial ruin, or at least very close to, but they are, they are uh, still spending uh, and, you know, still going out and getting players on loan, buying them and yeah. everything like that. Like it's nothing. Um, Arsenal apparently going to get uh, Martin Odegaard from Real Madrid on loan. 
you know, that's one rumor yeah. I saw. And Real Madrid, you know, Good they're for him. focusing on Dortmund's Erlen Holland, but uh, Man United and Chelsea are apparently in the hunt for him as well. So, you know, there's there's still all the rumors, everything is happening as if it would, I think, in uh, a normal transfer season. If, I would be shocked if Holland went to Man United. His uh, agent, hmm. isn't he got the same agent as Pogba? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I, w- I would think that would be the shock of the century. I could see him going to Chelsea just because of maybe like a Pulisic Dortmund sort of link or something like that. Yeah. But I don't, I, mean, I don't. Also, I, Erling Holland's dad. You remember that uh, Roy? Remember that Roy Keane tackle? I, I, we all know that Roy Keane tackle where he ended almost ended that dude's career. Well, that dude was Erling Holland's dad. So there's no way that Holland is going back to is going to United. I just that's I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't think that makes sense. I don't like Holland that much. I don't like anyone that has that agent <laughs> just because of what Pogba's <laughs> been like this year. There's really no reason to not like someone. That's a fair assessment. So, guys, I've taken you to Djibouti. I've introduced you to, reintroduced you to uh, Jack Wilcher, um, Alessandro Pato. Today's format for where are they now? I would like to start by letting you guys ask some questions to see if you can figure out who it is. So okay, each of you get four or five questions, whatever you deem necessary. There will be a bonus question if 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 um, you guys feel like you're going to get there. But real quick, where are they now? Trivia edition. Alex, why don't you take it away with the, the first question? Have they ever played in the Premier League? Yes. Is their nationality of European? Yes. Okay. Have they played in a World Cup? Yes. Are they are they British? Nope. Okay. Uh Britain is not in Europe. Four <laughs> <laughs> <Or> point. <laughs> Given you get what I'm you, it's on the continent. You, yeah, 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 the continent. Yeah, okay, all right. Alex, I think it's your turn. Have they ever won the Premier League? Mm. That's a good question. Please mm-hmm. pause for dramatic <laughs> points. I, I think so. I just want to make sure I'm right before I say it. Well researched. <laughs> Where are they? I have everything but that. I can <laughs> that he's a Pisces. If that helps anyone. Oh, sick. <laughs> yes. That's my next question. I don't have to use that no more. Freebie. All right, this is going to be a weirder question, but this is going to help me out. Is he a great kisser? Is he a Nike or Adidas athlete? Ooh, I also don't know that one, but that's easy to find out. For some reason, the Premier League one is not, but I think he may have won it with two teams. Well, just tell me the name and I'll type it up. I'll, I'll look at it. Yeah, that, that'll make sense, right? <laughs> so Nike is the answer to your uh, Okay, so he's, an, so he's a Nike athlete. He's European. He's playing the World Cup. Please play in the Prem. He's played for two big Premier League teams. Okay. He's a Pisces. That, just, that, just, I, that is useful information or useless information for me. Well, he's played for two teams. So he's, has, he, has he played with played with two or has he won it with two? I can't answer that, but I can tell you, like Celtic, he has won a special quadruple. The quadruple trouble? It's got to be Arsenal then. He's got he's had to have played for Nope. Him. He won this player for, for at one point in time in 2013, this player. Okay. Okay. 2013. This is helping. Was on Chelsea and he was the reigning World Cup Euros champion. Champions League champion and a Europa League winner. David Trezeguet. No. 2013. You said you said Chelsea. Is that right? Is that what you just yes. said? 
Okay. He retired last year. In okay. A, in Japan. Oh, we're talking about David Villa. No, we're not. Nope. No, 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 it's not David Villa. Lucas Podolski. He is a famous number. Fernando nine. Torres. Fernando Torres. There it is. Fernando Torres. So the where are they now? Fernando Torres. Um, yep. He's, he's yoked he's now. Won it all. <laughs> he just retired from Japanese soccer. Had more injuries to his knee than I ever heard of. Um, the rise and fall of Fernando Torres was pretty epic, to be fair. Um, the question is, did he actually win the Premier League, Alex? <laughs> I don't think he did. Uh, he, if he did, he won it with Chelsea. But not Liverpool. No, they didn't. No, Liverpool. No, no Liverpool, Liverpool had won Liverpool it. Liverpool never won the Premier League. Yeah. There's it an asterisk the next to it because they won it during COVID. <laughs> um, Hot take. You'd have to look at what was it? 12, 12, 13 when? Yeah, thirteen. And then Chelsea. He's a millennial. He was born in the year of the rat. <laughs> have you seen, has anybody seen a recent picture of Fernando Torres? Yeah, I saw the picture that came out. It was like, dude, uh, last he week. is jacked. Unrecognizable. He is huge. Yeah. I mean, good It is him. unreal what he's been. I mean, it's, it's cool. He, he retired a year ago and he's just radio silence. Yep. Not, not a peep from him for a year. And then you see a picture of him turning on Twitter and the dude looks like a bodybuilder almost. Yeah, he was doing a uh, retreat at the Swoli Temple, and has come out absolutely yoked. <laughs> absolutely yoked. And I'm trying to think if he did win, because they—I don't think they won the Premier League. They won it in thirteen or fourteen, fifteen or thirteen, fourteen. But I don't think that he was on the team. I think that he, he was got gone. let go because the last goal that he scored was that one against in the uh, Champions League when. Gary Neville had like a, an orgasm on air. He was with Chelsea. I, I recall. I recall. <laughs> he was with them from 2011 to 2015. I don't think they won it. I'm just trying to get a list of Champions League. Uh, sorry, Premier League winners. And this will easily tell us who. English football champions. Here we go. Okay. 2014-15. Was when they won the Prem? I believe so. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, he didn't, he did not. Uh, yeah, I think he left right before it. Yeah. No, nah, he didn't. If he left, yeah, say if he left before. So 14-15. So they won it in the year of 2015. Now that we're on handy dandy. <laughs> he was on loan to Milan. He was technically still a Chelsea player, but he was on loan in Milan. Uh, still gets a ring. Still gets a ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I did. I forgot. About, I don't. I honestly don't recall the AC Milan stint. That was the beginning of the end for him. Oh, that's why he only made ten appearances in like two year, a year and a half. Yeah, he was so he, much better for Liverpool. <laughs> he was. Yeah. He was dynamic player. He yeah. had like Elvish tattooed on his arm, which is yeah. just a fun fact about, about Fernando Torres. <laughs> he was awesome for Spain too, though. Right. <laughs> But for Spain, he was dominant in the air. He was rapid. He was a physical player. He was a great player to watch. He just kind of fell off, right? Like 2015, yeah. we stopped talking about him. Then before that, as there, soon but... as he went to Chelsea, the performances just didn't happen. Yeah. There was actually uh, comparisons, uh, RIP Frank Lampard's career, but he was saying that uh, Timo Werner is – People were trying to basically say that he's he's exactly the same as Fernando Torres because as soon as he came to uh, Chelsea, underperformed, you know, wasn't the player that he was over at Liverpool, 
And uh, I think Fran, like, Frank Lampard was like, he won a Champions you know League with us. Like, and, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I could maybe see that. He didn't have like too terrible that. of a career. Yeah, I could maybe see that. I, I think I think I was watching an interview with Stephen, it was maybe been Stephen Jarrett or something like that. And they were giving their input as to why they thought Fernando Torres, his form didn't translate so well with Chelsea. And the argument was that at Fernando, Tor- at, at, I'm sorry, at Liverpool, Fernando Torres was basically was basically like the star man. Rafa Benitez was forming teams and and, and basing tactics off of implementing and and using what Fernando Torres had 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 at his disposal, and they really maximized that and capitalized on that. But then when he moved to Chelsea, he went into now a team full of stars. Was it was where it wasn't based around him, and just in that completely different setting uh, he uh found it difficult that was i think steven jared i think that was his take on it which was interesting because that's a take i yeah, had not yet heard but i could see that pretty good take i also think he at that point i think liverpool knew when to sell him and i think he'd got a lot of mileage under his legs in a short amount of period of time a short amount of time and that really kind of took a toll on him as the injuries <laughs> kind of followed suit after playing europe spain home yeah. in the premier yeah. league you know like he got beat up. So again, we've brought you across the world and, and now back home to, to Europe. Um, <laughs> so that's Fernando Torres with the, where are they now? From Djibouti we'll to see what next week brings. Cover everything. <laughs> trash <Is> takes. <laughs> Time for trash takes. Um, let's move on. Uh, so wrapping up the month of January, we do have uh, pretty much a whole slate of games, uh, basically like Wednesday and Thursday, and then again at the weekend. So a lot of football coming up. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to? What do you think will be the game that will stand out the most? What's the upset? I, I think a good game. For some reason, I, I, I feel like Southampton Arsenal will be a good game to watch. I don't necessarily know the end or the result of that or have an idea, but... I just feel like that one's going to be entertaining in terms of upsets. Leicester and Everton's a good one as well. Yeah. Tot- Tottenham, Tottenham, Liverpool. Liverpool. That one's tight. coming up on Thursday. Yeah. Tottenham, Tottenham, Liverpool, Tottenham might be able to get a result against Liverpool and they're also hosting them. So they ain't got to travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool, if they haven't sorted out what, whatever they're trying to sort out by that time, which I don't think they will. Uh, I would imagine Spurs to, Give them a good run for their money. Probably squeak a win, one nil, two one, something like that. Ben, what are you thinking? I think my upset of the week. If I have a quick look at, at the schedule, I think Everton's going to win over Leicester. I think mean, wow. that's probably the, the upset of the week. That's got the most uh, potential. I think Leicester do a falling off. I think um, you know Everton can perform. But going back to your point, you know there is some good football coming up. Southampton Arsenal just because Mikel Arteta, if he wants to, to, you know, secure his place in the team for the end of the year, really, he has to win this game. Um, and then he's, you know, positioned to carry out the rest of the year only climbing. Um, the other one, I do agree with you, Tottenham-Liverpool. I don't think that's an upset because I think Tottenham have a game in hand over Liverpool. And if you assume it's a point or three, they are either positioned above Liverpool or on par with them. So I'm not taking that one, but... For this week, I'm saying Everton over Leicester. Okay. As a win, right? Yep. Okay. All right. How bad do you feel for uh, Sheffield United? Man United yes. Wednesday, Man City Saturday. <laughs> They're going to play a 3-5-2. They will not stray. 
<laughs> and uh, it'll it'll pay off. Watch, they'll walk away with more points than anyone else this week. <laughs> they walk away with six. They're out in the bottom three. <laughs> Chris Wilder's just waving on the way out. Told you three five two is the answer. That's what we're doing moving forwards. That's our um, trash trash take. Yeah. So stay clear of uh, Sheffield United. All right. So Everton beating Leicester, uh, Wolves beating Chelsea, and Alex. It would be for Le- or Leeds on Sunday, January 31st, to beat Leicester City. Leicester getting two L's back-to-back. Yo, fam. Yeah. Yo, fam. Yeah. I don't know. Missing Barty. Missing Barty. Got two chains earlier. <laughs> We're trying to keep it keeping it cool. <laughs> keeping it young. Um, those are the trash takes. You heard it here first. And if you didn't know, now you know. All right. And with that, Ben, take us away. Ta-ta for now. It's been a pleasure uh, hanging out with you guys on this mighty fine evening. I hope that wherever you are, if you were stuck in traffic, you should roll down the window, tell the person next to you to tune into Swift Kicks podcast, uh, and then wave politely, um, and then drive off safely. Thank you, uh, and goodbye. Hashtag Lola. Bruce out. Ricky Ricardo. Ricky Ricardo.